Okay, where do we start? Well, I guess we start at. So how do you how do you build like you know a successful business? How do you get a six pack? <laughs> how do you get a girlfriend? A harem? How do I get all these women that I Listen, want? You know. <laughs> well, here's yeah. There is a lot of advice on the internet on this, which can basically be summarized as just be a jacked millionaire. Except you know? get fit, just, get rich. Yeah. Like, what, just be a Jack Millionaire, bro. It's not that hard, right? But here's the thing. And I do think that often inspirational advice, and especially targeted at men, is often like that. It's basically Nike advice. Just do it. <laughs> you know, do the work, become a millionaire, get a six-pack, be super yeah. handsome, dress well, and the women will flock to you, right? Pretty much. And if, if that's not the case yet, then... The motivational speaker is like, well, I must I have to say it more emphatically, you know? No, seriously, yeah. seriously, do it. Become a jacked millionaire. Well, why aren't you just jacked millionaire? Dude, it solves all your problems. It's like, uh, you remind me of that, one of these gurus, right? His entire thing is like, he, he hops on a webinar. He's like, motivated, dedicated. That's it. <laughs> right. that, that's his advice. He's like, I'm here to change your life. So when I say motivated, you say dedicated. That's basically right. his course. <laughs> yeah, that's like Grant Cardone. 10x everything. Yeah. 10x money. 10x health. 10x life. It's like, okay. That's <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, so we have all these people telling them, uh, well, okay, there is a chicken and an egg sort of thing here, right? So who's to, at, at the expense of make, trying to make things too simple, who's to blame here? Well, look, I think that it's worth trying some advice, some advice you get. So Alex Hormozzi does this quite a bit. Some of his advice is like, just do things that make you lots of money. You want lots of money, just spend all your time doing things that make money. Why not? Right? Right. And I think it's worth trying. I think that it, I know from experience, it doesn't work for most people. Hmm. But if you apply that filter, just be a jacked millionaire, anything you do, like starting from the morning, the first thing you do, Always ask yourself, will this make me a jacked millionaire? If the answer is no, don't do it. So don't brush your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you no, get up, you're like, no, this is yeah. a waste of fucking time. Exactly. It's a waste of what are you brushing your teeth for? Once you're a jacked millionaire, you just get fake teeth, right? Yeah. No problem. Or you hire someone. <laughs> <laughs> you hire someone to brush your teeth for you. I mean, maybe that's taking it a bit too far, but in right. general, right, you can say, okay, apart from like basic maintenance, right? Don't do things that don't make you a jacked millionaire. And that's the one of the things about you know don't have a morning routine don't do all this so just just get out of bed start making money right and i think you can try that so again you have this filter for all your actions will this make me jack Miller? if no don't do it so basically you're working out you're eating healthy and you're doing stuff that makes money all day long until you collapse into bed in the, at night and you do that every day and listen if you do that you will probably become a jacked millionaire and also i think what i'm saying is it's worth trying because it's true that even though that doesn't solve all of your problems, solving the rest of your problems as a jacked millionaire is certainly a good position to be in, you know? Right. To be like, okay, now I'm a jacked millionaire. Apparently there's still things I'm lacking in life and it doesn't feed my soul and I'm missing some other things. Well, you can take care of those problems now, right? Yeah. That's pretty like, good. Who's the best therapist? Google it. Hired. Exactly. Done. Exactly. Like you, so, you, you throw money at your problems at that point. Basically. Exactly. So... I think it's worth trying. But here's the thing. What happens when you try to do this? For most people, they fall into the implementation gap immediately, which is that even though you know the things you need to do or should do or want to do, 
you lack the motivation, you're addicted to stuff that you can't stop doing, you're too scatterbrained and confused. Distracted, procrastinating. Yeah. And exactly. So maybe you're super motivated one day and you're like doing it. And the next day, like, oh, I can't be bothered and so on. Right. Right. Like th that's basically the, the gap between theory and reality. And I think that, you know, maybe Hormozy can actually do this and he's just like crushing it all day long. But that's 1% of the population or less, probably a lot less, actually, right. that's capable of doing that. And most of us have a lot of other stuff to sort out. And this is where things like, you know, actually, okay, maybe I should have a morning routine. Maybe I do need to like develop some habits or, you know, have like building blocks somehow because I can't just decide to be a jacked millionaire. Yeah. Just get up, hit the switch, keep going at some yeah. point, bed. Yeah. It just doesn't work for, you know, um, it just doesn't work for mere mortals, basically. Right. And I, honestly, I believe Hormozy. I think, I think he doesn't bullshit in this regard. I really do think he does this. Yeah. 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 He looks you just like he look does. At him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like, like his advice is mostly be a millionaire. And then the subtext is like, also Jack, like me, you know, like <laughs> yeah. fucking massive arms and whatever. Yeah. No, and I've no doubt. I mean, I think he's built different, you know, and there are people like that. But I also want to make it very clear, like, this is also maybe a, one way in which my approach and my advice is sometimes a little different because I'm not like that. I am not gifted in any fucking way. I'm a loser, okay? I'm a loser and I've built lots of systems right. to make me as successful as I am now. But this certainly wasn't just like, you know, yeah, I should, I should make something of myself and then I'm just in the zone from Boom. then on. <laughs> right, that's fair. Yeah, also another thing that comes to mind. So just going back to Hormozy, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that when he wakes up, he's so certain of what he wants to do and what he wants out of life that for him, like, you know, a morning routine or whatever is, is a genuine distraction, right? Mm. Now, for somebody average, Joe Schmo, Jane Smith, I don't know, <laughs> wants to, uh, what if they don't have that same level of certainty in what they're doing, right? And most of us don't, right? And the lack of certainty is a real productivity killer. That's something we've seen a lot with the productivity work that we've done with people. This is huge. If you don't have clarity about what exactly am I doing? What is my next step? That absolutely kills your momentum. And that's a big reason why a lot of people procrastinate because it's just like, I'm, I'm not sure what exactly to do. I'm not sure about this, right? And then that uncertainty makes you go, oh, I'll do something else. Right. It's almost like self-soothing. I'm doing whatever it is. I'm, maybe I'm playing a video game or maybe I'm like cleaning my desk for the fifth time this week, yeah. you know, or reorganizing something because so I don't have to confront with this weird, vague uncertainty. And so I think you're absolutely right. If someone's like so clear about their purpose, they can like get out of bed in the morning and just crush it. Most people aren't there. Yeah. Also, I think now at this point in his career, he's definitely there. Right? Yeah. Like if you read his book, he clearly wasn't there at one point. Yeah. Let's talk about the implementation gap, right? right? What is the implementation gap? This is essentially where I do most of my work. For me, this is my specialty because what happens is basically the gap between theory and practice. So if you think about it, think about how huge the fitness, diet, weight loss industry is. Absolutely huge, which tells us that there's massive demand there. Lots and lots of people are unhappy with their level of fitness. They want to lose weight. They want to look different. And here's how we can use this to explain what the implementation gap is. I'm going to make a claim here, which is that I'm going to say every person knows three things about fitness and weight loss. Number one, 
eat real food in moderation, right? Don't eat junk food, don't eat all this sugar and all this garbage, real food in moderate quantities. Number two, exercise and move more. I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. And number three, if you have any doubt about the first two points, ask the internet. Okay, is it fair to say that everybody knows this? So for, so for any goal, you want to, yeah, you want to get fit, you want to lose weight or whatever. You want to build a business. You want to figure out how to ask that girl out. You want to knit a sweater for your cat, whatever it is. You don't know how to do it. You're about five minutes away from finding out, right? Yeah. So theoretically, you know what to do, but clearly hundreds of millions of people are not doing it. And that's the implementation gap. Even if someone gives you the perfect plan where it's like, here, live your life like this to maximize your health and happiness and wealth and everything, most people cannot follow that plan because reasons, right? <laughs> just because, and there's lots of reasons. There's lots of reasons. It's just like you try and somehow you can't get yourself to do it. Or you, say, you tell yourself, I don't want to eat all this sugary stuff. And then you stuff your face with sugar, like a compulsive behavior. You're like, I don't know why I keep doing this, right? Hmm or just a motivation problem, or you just don't have the energy to do it, or whatever. There's so many reasons why people end up not doing the thing that they want to, should, and could do. All your problems are in the implementation gap. So you got to get good at figuring out why is that and designing a solution out of it. So just having the information, just saying, hey, here's your fitness plan, here's your mental health plan, here's, here are the steps, is not enough. Hmm. Why do you think that is like, so one thing that comes to mind, right, in this quote unquote success industry, one way they solve this problem is what you call like the try harder approach, right? Yeah. And some people, it works for some people where it's like, you know, you just like, uh, you like harass them enough. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, You're you like, yo, your just do stop it. being a fucking bitch and just do it. And like, you listen to motivational music and you start <laughs> yeah. running, yeah. you know, it works to a certain extent and degree. And I think you can, if you can like, just, uh, you know, thug it out, I guess, like if you can develop that mental fortitude and grit to push through a certain amount of time, you do, it becomes a habit at that point, right? And then right. you're no longer trying hard to do that. But that path is so insanely difficult, right? Like most of us can't do that. Yeah. So what is the alternative to that? Well, I think that even if that happens, even if someone just goes, oh, I'm just going to try really hard and they make it happen. What actually happens, I think, is that they accidentally find a solution that works for them because you can be motivated by i'm going to do the hard thing i'm going to make myself the exception i'm going to do this because most people don't do this this kind of story can be motivating and can be your intrinsic drive right right it's like you you find essentially you find pleasure or satisfaction in doing the hard thing and so if that happens to like fit your personality and where you are right now in life, then the just try hard or just, you know, grit your teeth and do it approach can work for you. And the thing is that people who try it and it doesn't work for them feel like, um, you know, I'm not good enough. They feel inferior because they, they, they feel like I should be like that hero who just goes right. and does it. But the truth is you just haven't found something that, that suits you, that makes it easy for you. I think that in general, because like you say, ultimately it becomes a habit and that basically means it becomes easy. It becomes automatic. Yeah. Yeah. But the path there, how do you design a path that goes from where you are right now to having that habit? And in many cases, just try hard is just not going to do it. And so it's basically about understanding what motivates you and how you can like lay out the stepping stones that go from here to there.
Because for most people, you have to discover that, right? You have to discover mm. that, hey, doing this hard work is actually kind of satisfying. I actually like like pushing myself, moving my body, for example. And then the same, it can be true for work, right? Hey, I actually like doing challenging work. I actually like, there's this type of satisfaction you can get out of solving a difficult problem and moving your business forward, for example. But you have to learn to appreciate that, right? Mm -hmm. You have to learn. It's almost like the difference between junk food, right? You eat a candy bar. It just, it's like an explosion of sensation. Nobody has to learn how to enjoy that, right? right. It, it like, it's so stimulating. It grabs you right away. But eating a, you know, a salad or eating like, you know, something like, um, what's it called? Something like, you know, miso soup, right? right? Miso soup, very healthy food, but it's got like seaweed in it and stuff. And it's a bit unfamiliar. Yeah. It's so delicious. I can't believe that's the example you came up with. But but that's the thing, right? It is it is delicious and you can learn to fully enjoy it. Right. But a lot of people will be like, oh, that's a bit weird. There's seaweed in here. Oh, What's going on? Right? <laughs> but what right. I'm saying is like, it's like an acquired taste. Right? right, right. And it's not as immediately available as a stimulation as a candy box. Like Snickers, yeah. yeah. They nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think in a, in a similar way, basically the question is how do you build that path that gets you to the point where you're intrinsically motivated to do the things that move you forward. I think that people who basically do, oh, you just work super hard, you just grit your teeth, just be tough like me. The truth is you basically got lucky. And mm -hmm. you know, the thing you tried is something that you found enjoyment in. Right, but what about the people that say, like for example, Mike Tyson comes to mind, right? He's like, I hated every single minute of practice. Like yeah. I only did it to be the champ, right? Like. Yeah, I mean, there are people like that, right? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, but there you have this kind of clarity of purpose that drives you. Right. It goes and I also, thing. I also think that that's part of the heroic personality that you're building for yourself, right? You get the satisfaction out of being the heroic guy who trains super hard, even though you don't like it. You right. still get a form of satisfaction out of that. Basically, my theory is that Mike Tyson would rather be the guy who works super hard and tells everyone I hate it and look how hard I work and is the world champion, then some easier path, you know? If you offered him, mm. hey, here's an easier path, but then you'll not be this guy, you'll not be this heroic guy, what would he choose? Right. Fair enough. I mean, I guess we'll never know. Yeah. But that's what makes him special, I suppose, right? Like another thing that came to mind when you were saying that you have to discover for yourself how essentially you operate, right? So it's kind of like, uh, you said this a while ago, like don't be an NPC. Yeah. So you you wake up, you, you're given control of this character that you're playing, right? And you basically don't know what its abilities are. And you have to like, quote unquote, unlock them and figure out what works best. Yeah. And you have to take responsibility over what you do, right? You have to take self-responsibility hmm. and not just because being an NPC also means that, you know, you just reach for your phone and you start reacting to stuff, right? Right. An algorithm starts feeding you stuff, you start reacting to it. It's like you're barely living your life. And yeah. not being an NPC means, hold on, I'm going to take charge of how do I want, what, what do I want my life to look like and how do I design that? I'm going mm. to be in control. I'm not just going to be reacting to stuff. Yeah. And also, I just realized today with the feed thing, like I really thought about it. I'm like, wow, like it's such a farm term, term, right? Yeah, it's Isn't it? Like you're feed. just sitting yeah. there and the fucking thing is just coming to you, like shoving it down your throat, like totally. goddamn. Yeah, I can't believe we're okay with calling it that. Right, right. Yeah. It, isn't it? Isn't it funny that how honest that is? It's just that you're sitting there on with your head in the trough, just chewing, and the feed is feeding you. Well, I appreciate the honesty, I guess. <laughs>
Yeah. So one of the things that there's a there's a Alex Hormozy video where he talks about you know don't have a morning routine. Why are you doing like an elaborate two hour morning routine or whatever? You could just spend those two hours doing work, right? I think this is a, this applies to very few people because there's a there's a surface level logic to it where it's like yeah why am I doing you know I'm making my bed taking a cold shower meditating doing the journaling I could just be working and making money during that time right right isn't that what I want okay. So even if your goal is just make lots of money, there are two things I want to highlight here that are a bit of a problem. For the first point is you have to understand what works for you and what doesn't work for you. And you have to take responsibility for that. Because what I 100% agree with is if you're doing an elaborate morning routine because some influencer told you to, right? if you're just like, oh, this person does this list of things in the morning, so I'm going to do it too. The chances that that's going to work for you are relatively slim. So you have to take responsibility and actually observe what works for me. Now, I can tell you from my experience, I know that if I did what Hormozy recommends in that video, which is like, just get up and go straight to work. I know that I can do that. I've done that for periods. But I also know that this is a guaranteed path for me to mental health problems. I Mm. know that if I started doing that right now, within a few weeks, I would be, I would just feel like shit, right? And I would stop I, I would feel unable to see the positive side of anything i would have a lot of like rumination and i would really lose my drive and you know pretty soon i'd have trouble getting myself out of bed let alone doing work and i have i'd be in the disposition where i i can't see the point of life anymore right right i know that getting out of bed and going straight to a screen and going straight into work and then just working until i collapse into bed puts me in that state of depression within two weeks or less. Right. So in other words, yes, I can get and can squeeze more work hours out of my day, but it's not very productive, right? Because like two weeks from now, it's like, hey, where's Shane? Why is he not showing up? It's because he's depressed in bed. Yeah. <laughs> Eating chocolate. <laughs> yeah. So not very useful. But again, that's why for me, I know why I'm doing the stuff in the morning that I'm doing. And I know that I'm, I'm not missing out on an hour of work because I'm at the gym. Right. But the other thing is also... For most entrepreneurs, for most self-employed people, so entrepreneurs, creators, creatives, whatever, one of the most effective things you can do to become more productive is to limit your working hours. Because what most of you are doing is you're always on. You're always on. Hmm. So like you check work stuff first thing in the morning and you, your mind is always at work. You, you basically have no boundaries, right? You, you feel like even if you take a break, you feel like, well, I should still be working. And, you know, the last thing you do in bed is like check your email once more or something like that. You're, you're always on and you're super ineffective. And if you limit your work hours, if you say, hey, I'm going to work only five hours a day for two weeks, you'll be surprised at how clear priorities suddenly become hmm. and how much more effectively you work. So there again, for most people, the idea of, hey, just use those extra hours instead of going to the gym, instead of taking care of yourself, just work more. That is actually going to make you less effective. Right, because you're just always tired, basically, right? And you're wasting your time. Yeah. You're wasting your time because you're treating time like an unlimited resource, you know? You're like, well, I, I always work and I work long and I work instead of sleep. So it feels like I have unlimited work hours. Whereas if you say, hey, I only have five hours a day to do all of the most important stuff to reach my goals. Hmm. Now you're using your time effectively. Yeah, you, you, start even, you start thinking about things that come to you, right? Say, like, okay, this is absolutely pointless. There's no reason for me to engage in this. Yeah. Like responding to emails or some bullshit like that. 
I think the point you made about so that's what I was gonna say, right? Like when somebody gives that one, like Hormozy, for example, gives that advice, like work all the time, right? One thing that I used to see, and I used to have this as well in my entrepreneurial, you know, ventures or whatever, it was always like this race to make money fast. And like we all share that, right? Yeah. Without thinking of why. Why do I want to do this, right? So I think that advice or people who take that advice very seriously are also not consciously thinking of why am I even doing this, right? Because we've, we've covered this before. If you ask why enough, it's yeah. usually because I want to live a happy life. I want to feel good or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, what's stopping me from doing that right now? Nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and you know, I think that in, in general, I'm always addressing people who've already tried that because, hey, look, maybe if you go, you know what, I'm just going to make loads of money as quickly as possible. It, maybe it works, right? But it, it doesn't work for most people. Right. And so if it works, cool. Now you're rich. Now you can deal with your other problems. But for most people, you'll find that you, you'll encounter all kinds of problems. And the thing that I think we need to avoid is basically don't be the midlife crisis guy. You know, don't be the guy who's... It was like, oh, money is all that matters without like, questioning it. And I'm just going to do all this stuff to advance my career or make money or whatever, only to find out later when you're 50 or whatever, to be like, oh, I've spent all this time making money in a meaningless career and I actually don't like what I do and money isn't actually that important and uh, what now, <laughs> you know? Mm. I'm always like, well, learn the lessons from your midlife crisis future self and start doing things differently right now. Yeah. So what would you say to somebody who's stuck in that, I need to get money mode, right? Well, in many cases, I think you're right. You know, you, you should figure out how to make money and how to, how to gain financial freedom. It's like that's super important. That makes a lot of sense as a pursuit. But at the same time, the problem is that most of the things people do to try and shortcut that process are the things that keep you broke. You know, the, at the, let's say at the lowest level, you have the person who keeps buying some guru course, you know, it's like right. some guru promises, here's the easy way to, you know, millions with an e-com business, you buy that course for thousands of dollars, you don't properly implement the course, it's probably also shit. So then a few months later, some other guru says, oh, I'm going to teach you the secrets of Forex trading to become a millionaire. So you buy that course for thousands of dollars and so on. And you're constantly looking for the shortcut so much that you never actually do anything for long enough to make any money. Mm. But similarly, and this, the same thing can be true in other, in other ways where the, the searching for a shortcut, you're so insistent on finding a shortcut that you're preventing yourself a chance to make money. So, and this is where the kind of process-oriented thing comes in. Right. If you can do something that will make you money, but that is also an activity that is that you can find some kind of fulfillment in, that you can find some kind of it doesn't have to it's not like happiness or joy. You're not going to be ecstatic, right? Right. But if you think about, you know, all of the people who over the last years at some point bought some, you know, FBA dropshipping course or whatever, guaranteed like ninety nine point nine percent of them never made their money back, right? Right. But there are people who are absolutely crushing it in e-commerce and in whatever dropshipping or whatever form it takes, right? It's basically an e-commerce business. I guarantee you, if you talk to someone who's successful at this, they are really into the game of e-commerce, right? Mm. They, will, they will be fascinated with 
the marketing aspect of it or the optimization aspect of it, telling you how they built an automation system to split test 5,000 pages in their e-commerce store all at once or whatever, right? Right, right. They're going to be into it in a way that you cannot, like you have to be fully engaged with this thing. You have to be engaged with the process. And if you're only thinking about the end goal, if you're always only thinking, well, I have to get loads of money as quickly as possible, it takes you out of that, what am I doing? Out of that engagement with the process of what you're doing. Ultimately, you have to master some kind of a craft. You have to get really good at some kind of a skill that makes you money. And chasing just the end result can take your eyes off of that, getting good at this thing that will make you money. Right. Wow. That's amazing, man. As you were talking, I got reminded of one of our former, uh, former coaching clients, right? And she built an Amazon FBA business. Mm. She's crushing. And on her first call, when, when she told me she wants to build that, I was like, oh, God, I hope she didn't buy some bullshit course. Right. But no, like she, she knew marketing and she had all the skills and she was executed week after week after week. And that's how it was built, right? She didn't yeah. follow some bullshit fucking course. Yeah, and you can look for role models, you know, because the thing is, every, every, almost everything where someone, prom you know, almost every scam where someone promises you quick riches, behind it is something that can actually work, like e-commerce. Sure, you can get right. rich doing e-commerce whatever building websites building online courses yeah you can get rich doing that but trading you can get rich trading but if you actually look at the people who are actually good at it not that's usually not the gurus selling the course right yeah. people who are actually good at it you'll see that they, they have a certain personality type and they, they have this yeah they have a certain obsession with this mm. thing and they've pursued this skill right and also look what what most successful people in these fields will tell you is that it's a long path you know, so the guy who's trying to sell you the Forex trading secrets course is telling you, hey, there's a couple of secrets I'm going to tell you, you know, within weeks, you're going to be making loads of money. The guy who's a successful Forex trader will be like, well, I started 15 years ago. And then, you know, at first I, I did all this stuff. I lost all this money. It was terrible, right? And then I tried something else. I lost even more money. I, I, got, I went completely broke. Then I had to wash dishes for a while. Then I got back into it. And now I'm getting good at it. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> And again, like I'm sorry, of course, we all want to get rich quickly, right. but that's just the reality of how it usually plays out. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, so that desire to keep to giving into the temptation of trying to get rich fast is a sure shot way of staying broke. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So a different thing I want to talk about. Sure. Um, is. Yeah, here's okay. Speaking of habits and things, right? Like you gotta, you have got to make movement and exercise a priority in your life. And like really, really, I feel like we've talked about this, but not emphatically enough. Because listen, there are so many positive side effects to exercising versus not exercising. I mean, so many across, you know, from health to happiness, to mental health, to everything, right? It has so many positive effects. And I think that your physical development is at the core and at the basis of, of self-improvement, of improving your life. Loads of people are walking around with all kinds of problems that they wouldn't have if they had an exercise and movement habit, all right? So it's like, oh, but I'm so anxious and I'm so sad and depressed and I have all these aches and pains and I have these chronic conditions and so on. And, and you're thinking, you know, oh, it's because of my genetics or whatever. And you're thinking, I need these antidepressants to feel good. I need these stimulants to focus. And I need these right. sleeping pills to sleep and all this stuff. Listen, 
so much of this would just not be true anymore. So much of this stuff would be resolved or greatly improved if you had an exercise and movement habit. And what I mean by an exercise and movement habit is not going to the gym twice a week. I mean, every day you're doing stuff that moves your body, that elevates your heart rate and where you're doing some kind of complex movement or you're, you're like also developing some kind of a skill, right? Right. It's like you're, you're moving your body and it's a matter of habit. You do it every single day. Listen, if you're not doing this, make it your job to do this, okay? If you're in, look, there's all kinds of other self-development stuff we can talk about, but do the movement thing first. It is so important and find something that you enjoy doing, okay? Make this easy for yourself. Find a, whatever, go dance salsa. Maybe you love that. Right. And then you're just doing it because you're doing it and it turns out that's exercise or go rock climbing or go play volleyball or go running or go lifting weights or playing or surfing or whatever. There's, there's thousands of things yeah. you can do. Some of them you will enjoy. Make it your absolute priority to sort this out. Like this is something that kind of blows my mind. Do not settle for not having a movement habit. That is insane. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think the reason that happens is because in everyone's mind, it's like, oh, I got to hit the gym and I got to work out and lift these weights. And, you know, if you've not done that before, you don't enjoy it. Right. Yeah. So automatically in their mind, in people's mind, it's like, oh, this is going to be unpleasant versus it's like goals versus process all over again. Yeah. If you understand that the reason you get fit is because you consistently lift weights or consistently work out. It's not yeah. because, oh, if I do it for three, three days or whatever, I'm going to get an X result, right? Yeah. So th what you're saying is engage in the process of a fun activity that gets you moving around and with a, like you no longer have a choice in the matter whether or not you're getting fit or not, right? Yeah, you just, just are. <laughs> it's like a side effect of what you do. Yeah, exactly. exactly yeah. And look, I think that, yeah, in general, for men, try weightlifting and try martial arts. It's a very high chance that you will enjoy one or both of these things. Yeah. For women, try dancing. Very high chance that you're enjoying that. Okay. And then obviously, you know, whatever, call me a sexist. That's not great exercise. Try other stuff, you know, and find whatever you like. But it's, and, you know, I think weightlifting for a lot of guys, it is satisfying. It's very satisfying to pick up heavy things and put them down again for some reason. I don't it's know. Fantastic. Why, yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. fantastic. So it's worth trying, but you're absolutely right. Just because that's the general recommendation or people associate fitness with gym doesn't mean it's the only way to get fit, right? Yeah. And even with gym, you might go to the gym and be like, this is boring. And then you go to a CrossFit gym, which is the same thing, but in a group. And you're like, this is great. This is the best thing ever. Well, good. Do the thing that you like doing, right? Yeah, exactly. Even if cross, CrossFit sucks, like, <laughs> yeah. if you enjoy it, do it. <laughs> yeah, <it's, laughs> yeah, no hate. <laughs> no hate, no. Anyway, but yeah, I, I really think like, you, you've got to make this a priority. It's just, <laughs> I, I'm hoping to get through to people. And again, it's, I'm talking about make it daily. It's a huge difference between, you know, whatever the, the official recommendation is like 150 minutes a, a week or something. That's yeah. not enough. Make it daily. You should be doing some movement stuff every single day as a matter of habit. The amount by which this improves your life and it's free for the most part. I mean, not all of it is free, right? You can right. also do an expensive movement thing, but it's available for free. You, there's there's a, a wide buffet of completely free movement and yeah. exercise activities to choose from. Do it. 
Yeah, like a fucking walk, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's right there. Oh. I mean, I'm trying to... Okay. One thing I'm trying to be mindful of is not sounding like uh, we're being the you should guys, you know? Like, what's, what's the word? Like, shaming people into... Yeah. <laughs> or trying to guilt people into something, right? But at the same time, like, what, what is the excuse? I mean, the this, fuck is the yeah. excuse? Are you, are you watching TV? Is that what it is, right? Yeah. I remember on Joe Rogan's podcast, Mark Zuckerberg said that. Like, just recently, screens overtook the amount of time, the average time people are spending per day on TV. Right. I had no idea TV was still that prominent, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Right, <laughs> right. No, and this is also why I'm saying I agree that I'm not here to just tell people, oh, you need to go to the gym. No. Yeah, like fucking finger wagging and shit. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I'm saying find something you enjoy. It's like literally this is all this is a pure upgrade to your life. It's a pure upgrade across the board. Because what I'm saying is you'll find something you enjoy more than whatever the fuck it is you do now with that time. And it'll make you healthier and happier and possibly connect with other people and so on. This is a pure upgrade. And the only thing between you and that is maybe spending a few weeks trying stuff out. Right. And that's, it's like, oh, what if I don't like it? Do the next yeah, thing. Then do the next thing, honestly. Yeah. This is also like the absolute minimum of res responsibility to take over your own life and your own outcomes. Yeah. Like, fucking do it. <laughs> and fuck it, try dancing. You know, it's not just for women. <laughs> Yeah, no, of course. Yeah, I mean, if you go to a group dance class as a man, it's usually a good yeah. time because there's more women there than men and so on. So it's, good it's true. Just don't tell your wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and girlfriend. <laughs> or both. <laughs> All right. Yeah, speaking of that, just one more thing on the fitness thing. Like the more you exercise or whatever, it does affect your testosterone and just how you show up, right? So for sure. Yeah. There you go. Well, and okay. So this is, look, as a man, people... And the world judges you as a man, the world mm. judges you by your capability. Okay. And physical capability is one of those. And the thing is, you can't help but judge yourself by your capability, which means that if you know that you're weak and you know, you're physically weak, you're mentally weak, you're, you're just not good you're at shit. Total dweeb. Right? Yeah. yeah. Like you can't fight, you can't survive, you can't run, you can't climb, you can't build things, you can't make money, you can't stuff. That's yeah. the opposite of capability. If you know that, good luck showing up with confidence and authority and feeling good about yourself. And again, you know, then it's like, oh, well, I need the medication. No, you don't need fucking medication. You need to get good at stuff. Yeah. Good point. Like, there's so much of, uh, like, social conditioning you just touched on, right? And the solution, the social, uh, societal solution is like, here's the pill. Yeah. Like sedate yourself even more. Just you turn off your mind. It's like, yeah. oh, you think too much? No, it's ADHD. It's like, no, it's probably not. I don't know if yeah. it is, but it... No, it totally. In yeah. so many cases, look, in so many cases. And of course, you know, the, the counter to this is, oh my God, you know, you have to, you can't, uh, uh, you know, it's like you're victim blaming or something like that. And these are real issues and these are real diseases and stuff. It's like, first of all, this is very much a work in progress. Okay. Our understanding of these kinds of mental health conditions is changing. Like, I think in as, as little as 10 years from now, we will look back at how we talk about and think about mental health now and be like, well, that was pretty dumb. Yeah. It's in its infancy. Yeah. Yeah. So... So, yeah. So, first of all, that. But also, look, the point is, yes, maybe you have some serious condition that requires medication and so on and so forth. But most of us don't. Most people with mental health issues have the power to change those mental health issues or greatly improve through lifestyle changes. 
so many of these things are lifestyle caused, right? Basically, it's down to how you live your life and what you do. And you're exactly right. Like medicating it away is not a great solution. Yeah. You know, people like Gabor Mate and, and, and others that I've been reading recently have really made me think of it's very well worth considering that some condition like that, some mental health condition is like a cry for help. It's like your body mm. saying something needs to change. You need to fix something here. And what you need to do is like confront that and figure out what it is and not medicate it away. Because the reason, the reason this thing came up is because some part of your life was neglected so badly that it became a serious issue. Right. right. And if you're basically medicated, it's like, it's like if something hurts, right? If something hurts and then you just take a painkiller. It's not really going to help. It might make things worse, right? Mm. So maybe your finger hurts because it's stuck in a door. And and then you're like, oh, this is terrible. I can't deal with this pain anymore. I'm going to take painkillers. Yeah, Tylenols. <laughs> but it's not actually, you got to do something about your finger that's stuck in the door, right? Yeah. The pain is telling you something, okay? And I think that's very often the case. Again, if we if we think about, if we stick with men here, it's like you have an innate drive to essentially go out and conquer. Right? You have an mm. innate drive to have an impact on the world. I think that's one of the essential things about masculine energy is you want to have an impact on the world in some form or another. And you can see that often if you can't have it in a positive way because, because you're driven to do something, right? Whatever, you want to have a career where you, you have an important role and you make right. lots of money or you want to build a business or you want to build a house yeah. or whatever, right? Like build status, yeah. Yeah, and if you can't do that, if you, if you look at what happens with men who have those options pretty much removed, well, they have an impact on the world in a different way. They usually find a negative way to have an impact on the world. It's like, well, in that case, I'm going to destroy something, right? Mm. Or I'm going to, you know, whatever, mm, join a gang and kill energy. people or whatever. Mm. Because, but what I'm going to do, I'm going to find some way to go out there and make an impact, right? Right. And if you suppress that in yourself, that I think is one of the drivers of, of misery and anxiety and so on, you know? And so again, you have to, you have to give yourself the experience of being capable in some way that feels meaningful to you, you know? And this can be, this can be your career. This can be like primal skills, like survival and fighting and running and climbing and all this kind of stuff. It can also be something, it can be very self-determined. It's like, hey, I'm really good at skateboarding, right? Right. Like, you could argue, well, that's not useful, but it doesn't matter. You're capable. You have the capability. You ha you're experiencing yourself as good at something, and that makes a huge difference to how you feel and how you show up in the world. Right. And it's fun to you, right? Like, you, yeah. you do it just for the sake of doing it. There's no, like, end goal or outcome. Yeah. Unless you want to be like Tony Hawk or something, but... Sure. Which, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Which, which, and lots of kids are driven by that. You know, there's like, I'm going to be a baseball star, or I'm going to be an astronaut or whatever. You're driven by some very, very ambitious goal. And, you know, realistically, you can say, well, most kids are not going to succeed at that, right? But it is very useful to have that dream because it drives you in a certain direction. Yeah. That's, and that's, for me, that was martial arts, right? When I was young, my whole life revolved around martial arts. And for a while, my goal in life was basically to be the best possible martial artist I could be, we could say, well, that's kind of pointless because we're not, you know, what am I going to do with that? This is also pre, you know, pre UFC. So now right. you could say, well, okay, I'm going to try to compete in the UFC, right? Right, right. But then it was just like, well, what are you going to do with that? You can be a martial arts instructor. It's basically, it's basically all right. Well, 
But having that goal, having that ambition, building that capability gave me so much confidence, taught me so much about life. I would not be who I am now had I not like, quote unquote, wasted my time mm. on, on a martial arts journey for 10 years, you know? True. And like that fear you just described as well. I think that's part of it too. That also keeps people in the, uh, stuck in the implementation gap, right? It's like, oh, I, I don't know what I'm going to do once I get there, I guess. Yeah. Or if I even succeed at this, or is this going to be worth it? Can I even do it, right? Yeah. All these doubts and stuff, they do come up. You had just mentioned that you yourself judge, your, judge yourself as a man by your capability, right? Mm -hmm. So, like, how do you connect the dots there? Like, at this point, now I know, right? But I want you to connect the dots between, like, for example, you know, I want a girlfriend. I want mm -hmm. a business. I want money. I want whatever. Yeah. Like, how does capability connect to that? Yeah. So the things that we tend to chase are essentially signs of our capability because, okay, you want to be big and strong and muscular. That is a, an outward sign of your physical capability. And you want, okay, so you, you know, you want the Rolex and the expensive car and so on. That's an outward sign of, of your control over resources from mm. purely biological mating game sense, right? You have access to resources, which means you have the capability of gathering and holding resources in some form which used to be maybe i'm the best hunter in the tribe i can bring home the game right right whereas now it's i'm a successful businessman i have loads of money but that's what it comes down to it's a sign of that capability that you have it and essentially in an evolutionary sense it's your fitness right in an evolutionary sense that the survival of the fittest kind of thing right 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 so these are even though it maybe doesn't feel to you like this is about capability Here's the trap you fall into. Maybe what it feels like to you is, I just want to be given those things. And this is a consumer mindset. So this is something that unfortunately we're kind of conditioned to think about the world in this way as a consumer, where you say, hey, I have a problem. I'm going to consume the solution. I'm going to take the pill. I'm going to you know, buy the thing that solves right. the problem. There's an app for that, right? Right. And so, but this is an illusion. Because this is actually a trap that you can fall into as a guy where you are basically faking it, where you can, so you can be the guy who has big muscles because you took steroids and shit, but all you can do with your body is you can lift weights in a, in a certain movement pattern. You don't actually have a capable body, right? You're mm. actually not very fit. You can't fight, for example, right? So your capability is very limited, but you look like this. And, and you got a shortcut there, right? Yeah, you took some you trend balloon sandwich, whatever, right? And, right? and now you're huge. Okay. And then you have, and then, you know, you basically spend all your money on um, status symbols. So you have the latest iPhone, you have expensive brand stuff, but you're broke. <laughs> and what does that make you feel as a guy? It makes you feel, basically makes you feel like a fraud. And it makes you feel like you constantly have to keep up. You have to keep up appearances and you're, probably also going to notice that you'll have, for example, you have that you'll have difficulty, what we're trying to say, you'll have difficulties attracting and keeping high quality women. And you're like, why not? You know, look, mm. I look like this. I have all this shit. I have right? all the outward appearance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's because she, maybe she responds initially like, oh, this guy seems highly capable. Again, that's not what she's thinking, right? But that's what she's basically programmed to do is like, oh, here's a high status male. Let's check him out. And then she peeks behind the curtain is like, oh, there's nothing here. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Yeah. Well, one thing that I was thinking, you were, you were saying that if you're just pretending to be all this, right, 
what does it do to you? You feel like a fraud. Well, mm-hmm. probably because at that point you are a fraud. You you basically are a fraud, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. That's why you feel like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's judgmental, but hey, it's facts. <laughs> I mean, it's it's basically true, right? Because the that's what's always implied. You know, you see someone with expensive stuff. What's implied is, oh, this guy is rich, which means that he doesn't have money problems, which means that he has this kind of stuff. But then you realize, okay, I can spend all my money to look like that, but I'm still broke. So I'm not getting the thing I actually wanted, you know? Mm. Okay. I have another question that I think ties most of the things we're, we've been talking about, right? So, okay. Imagine like there's someone right here, young 20s, right? Young guy. And there's so much of this... uh like we're technically we are part of the people in the world and on YouTube or whatever in, in terms of content who are also saying this is how you should be as a man, right? So now with these so many competing messages, right? And with the thing you really want being capability, what, sh- what should somebody, if this was like the last advice somebody should ever listen to, hmm. right? What, what, should, what should that be for this person? Because otherwise, like, then you're just plugged into, you know, Shane's group think. And yeah, yeah, Shane yeah. keep telling me how to think and how to be, right? Yeah. I mean, this is why, in general, I always try to talk about how to think and not what to think. Right. And, yeah, if it's like the last piece of advice, I mean, I think that is the thing you need to try and do. The thing to aim for is to have that maturity to where you're no longer just a consumer. So it's no longer just a case of, okay... Well, this guy said I should do X, that other guy said I should do Y, and now I'm not sure. And you just end up joining a tribe. What most of us do are very tribal animals, so we just join a tribe of people who believe the same stuff, and then we spend a lot of our time just on tribal belonging. So, oh, yeah, I'm one of you guys, right? Yeah. And we make each other feel good. We confirm each other's biases and so on, which yeah. is it's a very human thing to do, but, again, it limits your growth because now you're you're just yeah part of this group, and you're you're letting go of certain like self-responsibility. So really, this is basically what it comes down to. What I would recommend is make sure that you develop your own mind to the point where you're mostly turning inward to figure things out, okay? Mm. So, so to give you an example, right? If you, and, and so this is a, a consumer versus creator thing. Because you can be just a consumer where someone comes along and says, here's an idea and you just, you just consume it, okay? And then here's another idea, you consume it, but there's nothing else happening. You just latch on to ideas that come from outside. The creative part is that you do your own thinking. You combine the dots yourself, right? You read this one book with one idea. You read another book with another idea, which is also like consume long form content, go deep into stuff. Right. And then you start connecting things from different sources and you start forming your own idea and you start forming your own basis of how to understand the world. And then someone comes along and says, oh, by the way, you should do this. And instead of just being like consumption, it comes in and you compare it to all the other things you know and you have a way of reasoning that makes you maybe reject it, go, no, this is actually nonsense or makes it go, oh, I can use this part here and use it for myself. But that's your creative interaction with an idea, right? Stuff comes in and then now you are processing it and deciding here's what I'm going to take out of it. Here's how I'm going to do this. It requires, you have to do the work. This is where developing your mind is important. You have to do that work and you have to learn from different long form sources and 
engage with what you're learning, deeply engage with what you're learning so that you kind of become your own mind mm. and your mind isn't just like a bowl where various different sources of short form content like vomit their stuff into and now this soup is your mind, right? Yeah. So you have to do your own thing. Right. Like building your mental defenses essentially. Yeah. Right. So the next time an idea comes to you, you're like, hmm, okay, no. <laughs> and it's basically, look, I know I, I shouldn't use big words, right? Because chases people off or something, but this is an epistemic process. This is your personal process of how do you determine what is true in the world? Ultimately, you have to do that for yourself. You have to have your own epistemic process. You right now, you everybody has an epistemic process, but for a lot of people, it's just like, well, whatever the, the tribe so leader says, said, yeah. you know? Wow. All right. So to that young dude or do that, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> develop your mind, figure out your own epistemic process. What, what does truth mean to you? Right. Or what is true for you, I suppose. Yeah. And this is also, look, I think this is, again, this is a consumer culture thing. You know, there is no short tweetable, TikTokable answer to this. This is a lifelong process. If you yeah. look at anyone any true, like, true source of wisdom, if you, if you look at philosophers, no one says, oh yeah, here, this, this is the solution. That's it, right? No, it's a lifelong process of discovery. And that's one of the things that we do as humans is we try to make sense of the world in the limited time we have and then we die. But you, ideally, you never stop, right? right. You never stop trying to make sense of Time this runs out, yeah. yeah, before you fully figure it out. Yeah. That's fair. Okay, fair enough. All right. Final thing. Let's let's talk about the strong like a jaguar thing. Different kinds of strength. I see this a lot in the manosphere, men's advice kind of sphere. There's a lot of this alpha male posturing. Right. Posturing as in everybody, you know, you always appear strong. Look at me. I'm strong. I'm loud. I'm assertive. I have things. I'm successful. Listen to me. Look at me. Right. I'm strong, 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 strong. I have right? 17 supercars. I have 17 supercars, etc. And so here's the problem with that. This is posturing. And whenever I see this kind of posturing, it always reminds me of like a little, like a tiny fluffy dog that is on a leash and like barking angrily, right? It's barking, 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 barking. It's like, look at me, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, I'm strong, back off, right? Right. And of course, as, as soon as you take off the leash, it's just going to be quiet. Because the thing is, this dog has no strength, right? It's a tiny little harmless dog. And it's basically barking as loud as it can because it's like, I hope this works. I, right. I, I hope this works because I certainly can't survive a fight, right? And compare that to a different kind of strength. Compare that to strength, like imagine like a jaguar lying in the sun, you know? And big cats like jaguars, tigers, and so on are basically exactly like house cats where they'll, you know, they'll be lying in the sun with their belly out and stuff. It's they're super lazy. They're very lazy creatures, right? They're really not performance-focused creatures at all, <laughs> yeah. right? They and, have morning routines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they probably, yeah. So, okay, so you have that that lazy jaguar lying in the sunny spot, belly up, making absolutely no effort to look dangerous. Okay, right. And the thing is, the jaguar can rip your face off at a moment's notice, anytime, from any position. Okay, it can also, if it's startled, it takes it a split second to get on all fours, figure out what's going on, disappear into the shadows. Right. It is fast, it is strong, it is stealthy, it is very, very good at killing almost everything. So it has absolutely no need to posture, okay? Hmm. And 
this is something that I think it's important to think about this and internalize it because look, I'm not saying that every bit of posturing is automatically a sign of weakness. Right. I mean, to be honest, I do think it's usually a sign of weakness, right? But I think that the worst thing is there's nothing wrong with appearing strong and confident and so on. And in some cases that can be useful. All right. But I think the tragic thing is if you are internally weak and you feel like you always have to project this strength and you take it everywhere. So even with your family, even with your girlfriend or wife, even with even among friends, like you can never let go. Right. Mm. Because you're so afraid or this, it's also this fear of almost like being found out as a non-other, being found out as a beta male, right? What if I, what if I show vulnerability? Yes. Oh that, no! That that makes me a beta male, and you're a beta male forever. That's it. You've just completely ruined it, right? So now, like I said, even with your girlfriend, you have to constantly be posturing. You have to constantly be like half bullying her around just to make sure that she knows you're the alpha male, right? It's like, well, this is not a recipe for happiness, right? And I, I want to put this picture in people's minds because I think that's the fear is like, well, but if I don't do this, then I'm weak, right? And I don't want to be seen as weak. Well, to me, the way I think is like, be strong like the jaguar is strong. Hmm. And the jaguar can lie there and you can, and it can let you stroke its belly because it's, it's so strong. It has absolutely no need to constantly prove it to everyone. Right. This reminds me of, I think this is from Buddhism originally, being versus doing. Mm. Right, like the jaguar is just being strong. Yeah, right. It doesn't need to like constantly flex in front of like a mirror or something <laughs> yeah. or whatever. It just yeah. knows it is right. Yeah, like uh, we were talking about what are your abilities as the character you're playing. Right, mm. it has unlocked all all of these. It knows it already. <laughs> yeah. They're available at a moment's notice at all times. Right. Yeah. And I guess when you're pretending, like that insecurity of like, oh, I hope I don't get found out. How do I? And then we talked about this before, like you always have to push the envelope a, a little further, right? Mm-hmm. To make sure you're still the top dog, essentially, right? Yeah. And you also see this, you know, in martial arts, for example, right? You, you will always see this. There's usually in a martial arts gym or dojo or whatever, there's usually some newbies who are pretty, you know, who are pretty ego driven and like they get really riled up. You know, if they're sparring and someone hits them, they're like, oh, they get, they get, they have to get you back immediately, right? And they're, they're kind of portraying outward strength. But the really, really tough guys, like the veterans, they, they do none of that. They're just super chill, right? And it's like, sure, they can rip your arm off anytime they want, but they're just chill. And they don't have to constantly prove to you every time you, you train with them. Like, they have to prove to you, oh, look at me dominating you. No, they, right. they, can, they can let you, you know, they're just kind of playing. Right? Yeah, they're having fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can see that again, and this is also something that, you know, you can't fake that. You can't fake that. If you don't know your own strengths, if you are not at peace with where you stand, and if you have zero capability, zero inner strength, you can't portray real calm strength outwardly. The only thing you can do is bark like the little chihuahua. Well, at that point, what you're doing is you look at, okay, what does the strong what does strength look like from the outside, right? Yeah, and you try to emulate it. <laughs> yeah, and the, the version you're emulating is the one that scares you, right? Yeah, yeah. So you're actually operating from a place of fear. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, a lot of that kind of shouty alpha male stuff is basically a weak man's idea of what a strong man looks like. Yeah. Like, man, I'm just thinking Khabib versus McGregor. Like, right. <laughs> you know, we all know who won. <laughs> 
We all know who was the chill one and who yeah. was like talking out of his, his ass. Like, <laughs> man, I miss those guys. <laughs> all right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. As always, you can help out if you enjoy these podcasts. You can help out by leaving a comment on YouTube, liking on YouTube, leaving a review and rating on Apple Podcasts. This kind of thing really helps us reach more people. So if you enjoy these episodes and you appreciate that we don't have ad breaks and sponsors and stuff like that, that is one way you can pay us back. Also, if you have any questions or suggestions for future topics to talk about on these podcast episodes, leave a comment below the YouTube version of this or go to anchor.fm forward slash Acario and hit the message button that you see there and you can leave a voice message that we will receive. <laughs>